Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. Remembering the military personnel we've lost and the families they leave behind. We talk with a Gold Star mother who lost her son in Afghanistan and how America is forgetting the Gold Star families. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. America has found itself in many wars over the years, and even today, military personnel are caught up in conflicts around the world, either directly or indirectly. And history has shown that America has not always been kind to its veterans in either acknowledging their sacrifice or the wars that they fought in. That said, there are various programs that have been introduced over the years to acknowledge the sacrifice of not only the men and women lost in battle, but also acknowledging their families that are left behind to pick up the pieces and carry on their lives without their loved ones. One program in particular is the Gold Star program that dates back to World War I, when families would display small banners with a blue star for every immediate family member serving in the armed forces. That was replaced with a gold star in the event that family member died in service. But as we know, World War I is a long time ago, and like so many wars and those who fought in them, memories fade and people pass away. But the Gold Star program is still very much alive, despite our nation's flagging memory of it. I caught up with Helen Kaiser-Peterson, a Gold Star mother living in Connecticut, whose son, Captain Andrew Peterson Keel, was killed in action in 2013 while on patrol in Afghanistan. Helen is a fierce advocate for Gold Star mothers and families and regularly talks at events to remind us all that they are still here and what Gold Star means. Helen, thanks for inviting us into your home. We're actually sat in what you called your son's room, Andrew's room. Explain to us about that. We refer to this as Andrew's room. He had so many medals and awards and we needed a room to house everything without having it too overwhelming. So we have his books and his awards and his plaques and it's, I find it very comforting. It's, It's a very soft room. These are all his challenge coins from various compliments. Talk to us a little bit about Andrew, because of course, (coughs) next year, 2023, sadly marks 10 years of his passing. Tell us a little bit about him. Uh, Andrew was my only child. I was a single mother. His father left us. He was the light of my life. I gave birth to him when I was 35, and I was spoiled by having a great baby and a great toddler and small child and teenager and high schooler. Uh, We were very close. It was a very happy childhood for him and for me as his mother. Do you remember when he came to you and said that he wanted to join, obviously, the U.S. military? I do remember. He was in his junior year of high school. He was fortunate enough to go to a private high school called Avon Old Farms in Avon, Connecticut, 
And I think under the tutelage of some great teachers and great coaches and some great kids, I think his mind was opened to another idea such as military service. And he just came to me and just said, Mom, I'm applying to the military academy and to the Naval Academy. And he made no other applications. You must have been very proud of him when he made that decision because it's not for everybody, is it? No, it isn't. We learned that upon entering West Point, you could see that if this is a parent's wish, it's not going to work. I mean, that child has to be in all the way, both feet. And for some reason, Andrew was ready for it. Now, of course, sadly, the news came on March 11th, 2013. Andrew, having been part of Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan, you got the very tragic news of his loss. Talk us through that if you're able to. I I know it's almost 10 years ago, but I'm sure it's still very, very raw to you. But can you talk us through, you know, how that's, Mm -hmm. how you got that news? Mm -hmm. And although it's an obvious question, how were you then feeling? Um, When the knock on the door came, I was still at work as a nurse at Yale University School of Medicine. So my husband was the one that had the the misfortune or fortune of opening the door. They couldn't tell him anything because I was the next of kin. Instead of leaving, they waited almost an hour and a half waiting for me to come through the door. When I drove home, I did see a strange car and had no suspicion. I thought it was a visitor. And I very quickly saw the uniform, the blue pants and the yellow stripe. And um, I, I understood right away why they were in our house. They gave us the uh, formal speech. I asked them to repeat it quietly. I understand that there's all kinds of reactions to getting the news. I stayed very calm. I was most concerned about his fiance that she would not hear this from me, but she would hear it on the news because by now it was five o'clock or five, six, and the news was spreading. So my initial reaction was to call Celeste, and which we did. And then after that, um, I think with a big family and spiritual support, a wonderful husband, I was never left to my own devices. But I can understand how sad this is for mothers, which really began my opening my mind to gold star mothers. I knew what one was. I didn't want to be one, but I knew the term. And I think when I went to bed that night, all I could think about was all the mothers in this country that don't have what I have when they receive the news. Alone and sad. Uh, You know, it's life-altering news. So I have a great love for teaching America that there are mothers out there. And then, of course, by extension, fathers and siblings and the rest of the family, that they're in in pain. And it isn't because um, they did something wrong. Their child did something very right. And even understanding that this might happen, that you might lose your child, uh, it really doesn't resonate. You know, that is so in the back of your mind. You don't keep it in the front. And now there it is. So I have great sympathy for 
families who have lost their soldier, say, or Marine or sailor, Coast Guard. And luckily, I was able to connect with the Woody Williams Gold Star Family Monument Committee. Woody Williams is a World War II Iwo Jima survivor, Medal of Honor recipient, who is now 98. His mission is to have a monument in every state that talks about the Gold Star family. And he's been quite successful. Connecticut just installed ours in May. But working on that project is how I think, as a Gold Star mother, I can keep going forward by putting my efforts into helping others and reaching others. So it started with the Gold Star Mothers. And then um, by and by, we decided that my son's life was so beautiful that burying him at Arlington was not enough. You know, with a full military burial, we came home here and decided that night that we would do more for his legacy and began our charity using his initials, APK, to first help us heal. But as it's matured, it's all about finding the need and then being there to be the one to practically save a life. So our mission with a direct assistance is to come upon, through references, military of any age, of any war, of any discharge, who has finally run out of every opportunity that the system has to offer them. And when there's no one left, that's where APK is contacted. And we can make the difference in any soldier's life for any reason. So we're especially proud of that. I th my son loved his soldiers. And I just feel like every time we cut a check and make a difference in a life, Andrew is in agreement. I met you in May of 2022 at Subbase New London as Gold Star Awareness Month was being celebrated and a flag garden was actually being unveiled. And I distinctly remember you giving a speech among everybody else that was there, a very powerful speech, but it was also a commentary to America. Mm. And the commentary was, don't forget us. You need to know who we are. Why did you feel you had to say that? I felt, as, as I experienced being a Gold Star mother, I, I didn't know America didn't know that we are here, we exist, we have a title. So it became a sad fact. For example, we were on our way to Fort Bragg and we're getting gas in one of these eastern states. You know, we pulled in and they saw our license plate, Gold Star Family. And the guy pumping the gas says, oh, does that mean your kid was um, got good grades? You know, that was the beginning of, wow, wow. Um, you know, Gold Star Mother's Day comes and goes in September, the last Sunday. And now it's going to be Gold Star Family's Day, Sunday and Monday. It's not enough because, as you said, it's a trickle of information and then it disappears. And for America to have had so many wars. The last 20 years weren't our only wars. And 20 years is a long time for the public to realize that we have lost soldiers and children in service. And that with that loss comes a title for the family. And I don't know how it is that it doesn't get spoken. 
I knew that term from being a, a 10-year-old in my hometown. They had the white limo, you know, the white convertible with the mommies in the car, all in white, waving. And I remember asking, who, who are they? And all I had to hear it was once that they are gold star mothers and their children have died in World War II. How can you forget that? So it is my shock that it's pretty easy information to, to remember. Do you think in part, sadly, because we continue as a society to see so many conflicts around mm. the world that we've now become sort of desensitized to so many things that it isn't maybe necessarily a deliberate act of forgetfulness. Mm. I think it's maybe a case of we've become overwhelmed with so much that we don't stop to think actually what those things mean anymore. That is a perfectly excellent point. We are bombarded. But still in all, Gold Star Mothers have a history in this country. It isn't a newly organized club. You know, there's a few sayings which I detest. One of them is, you know, the club you never want to belong to. We're not a club. We're an organization of mothers who are trying to figure out a way to go forward and help the veteran. The other one is um, our new normal. And I don't like that either. If you're trying to help me, normal, does, the word is, is gone. It's not a new normal. This is completely sad normal. Yeah. You know, and we bear it and we bear up under it and we do the best we can. So with support, we'll make it. And in my case, because of my son's position in the army, he was only 28, but he was already the commander of a Green Beret unit. We've met thousands of people I never would have met. We've met America's best over and over and over again, which softens my heart, but it makes me sad for the other mothers who have the burial and they have to go on alone. There is a national organization. It's called the American Gold Star Mothers, Inc. Their home base is Washington, D.C. They've been there for 70 years. They have an annual meeting. I'll be going to that meeting so I can be amongst women like myself, so I can see how they do it. How do you go on? I know how I do, but I'm anxious to learn from other mothers. You mentioned earlier about the memorial, which I believe is in Berlin, in mm. Connecticut. Tell us a little bit about that, because your face lit up, just mm. as I mentioned it. It obviously is a very big deal. It's a very big deal because it's a very beautiful monument. It's black granite with gold lettering, with a cutout silhouette of an armed forces service member coming through as if he's coming home. There's inscriptions on the back of the four panels, one about our state of Connecticut or any individual state, one about the family's thoughts about this idea, one about military, and a fourth panel about mm, sacrifice. So it's so stunningly beautiful and in such a good place in the, in the state. It's exactly in the middle of Connecticut, in Berlin, Connecticut. All roads seem to lead to Berlin, <laughs> 5, 15, 91, easy. And so it's in a park. It's a place with four benches where you can sit and you can feel the pride of yourself. It is a proud moment. And then, of course, maybe you'll meet somebody. Maybe you'll have a conversation. But this monument was designed to be a place of reflection. 
And the way Berlin did it is perfect. It's in a veterans park, a lot of other flags and a gazebo and a lawn and quite nice. Would you also like to see more taught in schools about Gold Star and what it means and why people need to not forget because we're constantly told about you know other wars and the reason that we should not forget on memorial day we honor we respect we never forget that should also be the same for gold star well part of that memorial day celebration should the, those words should come up gold star mother father family but i always have this problem with american education public education that they instead of teaching what we're celebrating we get the day off it doesn't do any good to learn nothing except that it's a day off and that it's a picnic and i hold that for every every president george washington martin luther king abraham lincoln like the children need to learn so yes it bothers me that that opportunity is slipping away because i mean everything's become so commercialized like you said we have these holidays and if you were to ask many many people what it actually means very few probably would be able mm. to explain the purpose of it of course you know america struggled with vietnam and and mm. the vietnam vets for many years were castigated mm. and and ignored in this country it really does seem that we are at a point now where a lot of these things somebody needs to get hold of it and and basically bring it back before it is lost before it gets lost and all these soldiers didn't write the policies they didn't decide to go to war they followed orders for that alone the sympathy and the respect should be shown that they put the boots on and showed up again you made the point in your very powerful speech as i say back in may of this year and you read actually a precise wording mm. and it was basically about the fact that they do this for their country knowing that they could lose their lives think of that what other job application asks you that what will you give to the company so to speak will that include your life no one else but our boys and our women who choose this profession agree to that What final message do you have to people listening to this? We've said a lot, you've said a lot, but is there one final little nugget that you want to leave them with? I think that that even though America is war weary and we are and have been unsuccessful on top of it, that these pure souls of young Americans do this still for glory and for honoring our country it's still a give and for that alone they need the respect from us a thank you is the beginning and the families that have have sent their children off and raised them to be that way whether they come home or not ourselves our lives have a dignity that needs to be understood and seen helen kaiser peterson gold star mother thank you for the interview you're welcome thank you and you can find out more about the andrew peterson kill charity and the work it does at their website apkcharities.org 
Looking for a fast, friendly, and convenient local pharmacy? Then try the Nutmeg Pharmacy Group with five convenient locations in eastern Connecticut. We're a full-service pharmacy supplying COVID vaccinations, prescription service, gifts, cards, and more, plus free local delivery. And it's easy to transfer to Nutmeg Pharmacy. Let us show you how. Find our contact details for our Higginham, Centerbrook, Moodis, Taftville, and New London stores online at nutmegpharmacy.com. The warmer weather is here, and it's time to give your plants some health care. From mulching to aeration to growth regulator, remedial and preventative treatments against fungus, as well as insects like the spotted lanternfly and gypsy moth. Don't be reactive, be proactive, and keep your trees and plants in tip-top condition to avoid long-term health problems. Find more details about plant health care services. Call 860-234-4041 or visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making the headlines in the region recently. 300 young men and women arrived at the Coast Guard Academy in New London recently to start day one of their training as part of the incoming class of 2026. This year saw the largest number of women joining approximately 43% of the overall class, along with 37% from underrepresented minorities. Rear Admiral Kelly is the superintendent of the Coast Guard Academy and reminded all of the new cadets what is expected from them. When you rise together to engage in the rigorous program before you, the transformation that will take place over the next 200 short weeks will ensure you are ready in all respects to live out the Coast Guard ethos, to protect, defend, save and shield our nation, its people and the environment we live in. Elena Koenig from Washington State is one of the 43% of women joining and said what it means to be part of this moment in Coast Guard Academy history. It makes me feel really good to be a part of that. It makes my, my mom feel happy to know that I'm with other women in the Coast Guard. So I'm looking forward to getting to know my group after the summer. Day one marks the traditional swab summer and intense training program to transform these civilian students into military personnel. This year's class also saw nine international students from countries such as the Dominican Republic, Vietnam and Taiwan. Connecticut residents may start to see a sharp increase in energy costs just as summer gets into gear and inflation hits people hard. But as Emily Scott from the Connecticut News Service reports, resources are available, especially for older adults who are feeling the pinch. Connecticut's electric standard service generation rate is expected to increase significantly in July, depending on the energy provider, with the biggest spike at over 12 cents per kilowatt hour. AARP Connecticut's John Erlinghauser says this is a particular challenge for people on fixed incomes. Older residents with a lot of the medical conditions need electricity to stay cool in the summer. Many times they'll find themselves in a position of either cutting back on medication or cutting back on electricity or cutting back on food in order to make ends meet. Erlinghauser says Connecticut residents pay the highest electric prices in the lower 48 states. One resource available for those who need help paying utility bills is Operation Fuel. Before applying, a household needs to gather proof of the last four weeks of income for all household members, the name of their fuel vendor, or a utility bill and payment history. I'm Emily Scott. 
Travelling around Middlesex County is about to get even easier from July 1st as Middletown Area Transit and Nine Town Transit merge to create one unified service. Joseph Comerford is the Executive Director of Estuary Transit District and says the new service will bring immediate benefits to riders from day one. Fixtured side really won't see any immediate changes, but on the demand response side, all of our dollar ride and paratransit services, the Nine Town side won't see many changes, but on the Middletown side will see a little easier access to dollar ride, earlier booking periods, and for everybody, a larger service area. So their service area will immediately increase to 16 towns. So really combining the two just opens up the whole county to everyone. It provides access from the shore up to Middletown, better than we had before. And it provides access from the northern county, places like Middletown, to the shore, which is a great thing for for residents up in Middletown. People have always wanted to escape to the shore, especially in the summertime. Comerford said people will now be able to get around the county more easily as they have access to double the number of buses than before, up from 20 to 40 buses. More information about the new combined service can be found at their website, estuarytransit.org. Scientists at the Connecticut Agricultural Experiment Station have been awarded over $600,000 by the National Institute of Food and Agriculture to develop antiviral therapeutics for plants using nanotechnology. Dr. Washington De Silva is a virologist at the experiment station and says they are using naturally occurring RNA molecules and need to find a way to introduce them into plants that allows them to remain stable so they can do their job. We produce the RNA in our body, RNA is in the air. Those are very transient molecules, meaning they really they break down very easily. And that's why we are trying to find a nice carrier because we apply those things to the plant and quickly they are absorbed and they are pretty much degraded by the plants. So it's a natural molecule. It's not GMO at all. It's far from that. Like in Africa, the cassava virus is used, and this technology can be applied to that. And cassava is a staple food in Africa, and roughly 7% of uh, cassava production can be taken away just due to viral disease alone. So this has a huge potential to save people's lives. De Silva says each year plant viruses result in over $30 billion in global crop losses, which has a big impact on farmers producing food and the global food supply chain. And the Coast Guard Academy in New London had another celebration recently as it honoured one of the first and oldest SPARs or Semper Paratus Always Ready Women's Reservists. Mary Stewart was a chief petty officer in the spas back in the 1940s and celebrated her 101st birthday. Stewart recalls her first few years in the spas was in Florida teaching secretarial skills to Coast Guard personnel. Good typists. Whenever I was around, there was always someone who would come over and say, oh, I understand that you you do a good job on typing. So I did a lot of typing for the students. And the students that had my typing for their reports got the A's. (laughs) I was in very great demand. And Stuart said despite her 101 years of age, nothing has really changed for her. I don't feel any different. I still, I walk about three or four times a day at 20 minutes at a time. I can't sit still. The years don't mean anything to me because uh, I still do all the things I've, I've wanted to do. Stuart was born in Connecticut in 1921 to Greek immigrant parents and after her time in the Coast Guard went on to become a Navy reservist due to more opportunities for women in that service at the time. 
And if you're looking to get out and about, Governor Lamont announced the return of the popular state program Connecticut Summer at the Museum. It's returning for the 2022 summer season, enabling Connecticut children to receive admission at more than 130 museums across the state during the summer months. The program was established in 2021 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic as a way of providing children with engaging summer enrichment and learning experiences. It is funded through a $15 million investment in federal COVID-19 recovery funding Connecticut received from the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA. Under the program, from July 1st to September 5th, children aged 18 and under, plus one accompanying adult, can receive free admission to any of the participating museums. Details of those can be found at the website ctsummermuseums.com. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at connecticut-east.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East this week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott Smith. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 